middling response. Middling response. Okay, that's all right. That's all right. We've, I've had a great summer too. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah. So first, first sort of sermon-ish thing. Um, be gentle with me, please. I'm nervous. Um, for those of you who were here last week, you probably already know we are at Limbrink currently doing a little bit of a, a summer summer sequel, summer sequence maybe, on um, spiritual disciplines because it's a good time to know how to pray. Like, what is a better way to spend your summer vacation than in contemplative prayer? Am I right? Yoda. Yeah, so we've been learning about a couple of different ones. Um, last week, the lovely Rose Morris shared about Lectio Divinia, which is a fun Latin term that just means holy reading. Isn't that fun? Um, and, and basically just how we can read scripture and listen to scripture um, in such a way that kind of helps us connect better with God. Um, I am wholesale stealing Rose's format and doing the spiritual discipline of Visio Divina. What does that mean? Uh, it just means holy seeing. So it's Lectio Divinia, but now with more patrons. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, what is Visio Divina? What is holy seeing? Um, I've got a lovely definition here from... Uh, this book, um, yeah, fun fact, all of my content this evening will be stolen from other people. Mm. <laughs> so, sermons are. Um, so, Visio Divina is intentionally seeking God by praying with images, icons, created media, and creation itself. So, basically, you use your eyes to look at the world for inspiration for prayer. Um, and it could be basically anything you can see with your eyes. Um, as this list suggests, it could be art, it could be a person, an object, anything that you can see. It could even just be the world, because we live in a world that is God's creation, and the creation reflects the creator. So it is a, a sort of opportunity to reflect on how the things around us reflect God. Now you may be wondering, why Visio Divina? Well, I have more reason than just wholesale stealing content from Rose. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys might be aware that we live in a pretty visual culture. Um, there's a lot of things to look at and to engage with with our eyes all of the time. Um, and it turns out I'm not the first person to make this observation. There's a whole critical theory about it. It's called the pictorial turn. Um, and basically the story goes that we used to live in an audio culture where all of our language and norms and values and beliefs and cultural myths were held in spoken words. So oral history, telling stories amongst other people. And we moved to a written culture where all of our norms and stories and values and beliefs were held in the written word. Yep, yep. And now we live in a visual culture where the primary language of our culture is in pictures. And this, this visual culture is often uh, 
focused on consumerism. It focused on shaping us to understand ourselves as consumers, as people who have deficiencies, needs, absences that need to be filled, um, often by products that we must buy. Um, what's interesting about Visio Divina as a mode of prayer is that it invites us to disrupt and sort of push back against this culture that's asking us to look at the world by what it can do for us um, and instead gives us a way to relate to images as conduits to the divine. So instead of a symbol of constant want, of unfulfillment, of lack, instead the language of symbols become a gateway for connection and conversation with God. And this is a God who doesn't just want to tell us what to do the way that advertising does. Um, this is a God who wants to receive us as we are, not as deficient, not as people who need shifting or need something, but as we are, and for us to receive him. And the other side of the kind of visual language of prayer is that God's pretty visual himself. Um, you guys may be familiar with the concept of visions, um, images or pictures that God sends to us or to people in the Bible as a way of sort of giving wisdom, giving knowledge, giving encouragement. Um, and the other thing is that the, the Bible itself is kind of steeped in this language of metaphor that often we use um, symbols like mountains, rivers, you know, the water of Christ, the the mountain on which we stand, all of that things um, are just very powerful ways to cut to the heart of the matter where words fail us. Um, and I think there is often a temptation to want to verbalise or put into language the things that we experience with God and, and in our faith. Um, but Visio Divina invites us to think instead in images and through that, get past the barrier of language. So that's why Visio Divina. Last question, how? How do we do this? It sounds great, you've sold me. Where do I buy it? <laughs> well, the first thing you need is an image. Ooh, where do you get one of those? Well, helpfully, most of us has eyes to see and ears to hear. Um, so you can select an image or you can sort of go out into the world and experience its imagery. Um, so it could be an artwork, it could be a sculpture or a painting, it could be something you've drawn yourself, it could be an object. Um, one might contemplate your houseplants, for instance. <laughs> it's one for the houseplants owners out there, yeah? No, my audience. <laughs> um, and this, this practice of Visio Divina can even extend kind of into non-explicitly visual mediums. Um, Lectio Divina is quite specifically a contemplation of scripture, the Bible. Um, Visio Divina can extend to other kinds of art, like music or even poetry, as a way of looking at 
things that have been created by the Lord's creations and how those can reflect Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit. So, um, a little later on, um, after worship, I've selected a beautiful image for us, um, and we'll do a bit of a bit of a shared contemplation exercise. Um, but I thought I'd just run you through the structure of it, so you guys could sort of like get it in your mind, get intellectually prepared, and then you know, as we move through worship and sort of get in the in the space and receive the Holy Spirit, um, we can kind of get into the practice without feeling like we're a little bit too like, oh wait, what comes next? Um, so yeah, once you, once you have this kind of image in mind, um, the first thing you need to do is just be quiet. And the reason for this is, is that we live very noisy lives and that's quite distracting. <laughs> Um, many of you know that I'm a huge proponent of silent retreats. Um, and, you know, in the absence of uh, 40 hours of pure silence, it does help to, like, take a few minutes to sort of settle yourself, to still yourself, and just kind of, like, leave yourself open to the possibility that God might want to move in the time that you've set aside. So that's the first thing. Just be quiet. The second thing you do, and I, I hope you're keeping up here because it's quite a complicated process, is um, you look at the thing. <laughs> um, but you look at it in quite a specific way. So instead of looking at it in the way that we often look at things, we kind of like evaluate them. Maybe we have a bit of an agenda about what we think that object is for or how we want to relate to it. Instead, you just receive it. You just kind of like look at it and try to check your expectations and just sit there with a kind of openness and that that sounds very heavyish, very like ooh, wave your hands in the air um, the idea to sort of like get round expectations is actually just to bring everything that you've got to the image so you bring your emotional response you bring your analytic response you bring your intuitive response you bring all of who you are to that image and just kind of experience it, kind of just see what happens, let it marinate, maybe just look at different parts of it, look at the colours, maybe notice some things about it, and you just, you just receive it, you just gaze. Well, the third step in this very complicated meditation is uh, notice. What do you notice? Cheaply, what do you notice stirs in you in response to that image? So you've looked at it, you've kind of brought yourself. And what happens, what do you notice happening to the self that you've brought in response to what you're looking at? Do you have memories? Are there feelings? Does it remind you of something? Um, does it connect to your life? Are there people? Do you recognise it? Is it alien to you? And you just kind of sit with that. You just let yourself notice what happens when you respond to the image. The last thing that you do is that you respond to God. So you're sitting in a space of having opened yourself up to God and you've brought yourself 
and you've responded, you've noticed what's happening, you just kind of gently enter a dialogue with God about what's happening for you. And, you know, have a bit of a chat, have a bit of a response, have a bit of a dialogue, because this is an opportunity for you to connect. That is what this space is held open for. And so maybe you think to God, is there anything you want me to take away? Is there something that you want me to pay attention to? Is there something you want me to remember? You just let that mull. Just let that sink in. And sometimes you're probably not going to get a very clear response. Sometimes you might get a very clear response. Um, but I imagine most of the time you sort of sit in this kind of in-between time. Um, but the idea of a practice is that you get better at it the more you practice. Mm. Hard-hitting facts, aren't they? <laughs> so just leaving yourself in a space of dialogue with God gives him room to move in your life. And giving him room to move in different ways means that you have different ways of being moved by God. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the very, very complicated practice of Visio Divina. Um, any questions? Have we all kept up? That's four steps. Good? We good? Yeah. Awesome. So what we're going to do now is I'm going to invite the lovely Ty and Zoe, um, not Zoe, sorry, wrong small brunette, um, the lovely Ty and Tessa up, sorry Tessa, um, to lead us in worship. Um, and I just want you guys to like take the opportunity over worship to just like maybe start that stilling process. Start just like inviting the Lord in, inviting the Holy Spirit in to kind of leave this time open. And then at the end of worship, I'm going to jump back up here and I'm going to show you a beautiful picture. Um, and I'll lead you in a bit of a reflection on it. So...